Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 295 motherhood, it changes you. And that's just putting it as simply as possible. Motherhood changes your drive and focus. It alters the way you see things that were once opportunities. It shifts your flow in life and business. It makes other people view you through a new lens too. And it obviously changes your body too. Today's guest, Katrina Scott, knows what it's like to navigate motherhood as a business owner, lifestyle celebrity, and public figure. Katrina Scott is the co-founder of Tone It Up, a business that all started with fitness videos on YouTube with her partner, Karina Dawn. Now it's a worldwide lifestyle brand and community. If you're into fitness and you've ever been on the internet, you've undoubtedly heard of it. It's Tone It Up. I've wanted to invite Katrina on Gold Digger for so long, and right now seems like the perfect time. She's a new mom just like me, and we're both learning to navigate life and business with little babes on our hips. This episode is a mama-to-mama chat about this new season we're in, what the birth process looked like, what it looks like now for our businesses, and how we're navigating all the changes, 500 of them, to our worlds. Let's dive on in. Here is my conversation with Katrina Scott. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to Wander Beauty for supporting Gold Digger. Wander Beauty is a new line of easy-to-use multitasking beauty products for the woman on the go. Do more with less with Wander Beauty. Get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash gold digger. Long day at work? tough day at school? Still stuck at the office? Treat yourself and have your favorite restaurants come right to you with DoorDash. Get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code GOLDDIGGER. Okay, so Kat, first things first, when you slid into my DMs, I was like, wait, she knows who I am? I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I need to look back. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. Like, what did I say? (laughs) We were just encouraging each other. It was right around when you were having Bella. And I have to tell you, before we dive on into the goodness, you actually changed my birth story in many ways. And I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but when I was actually in labor, you posted Bella's one month video and I literally showed it to all of the nurses and my family. And I was like bawling in bed, like laboring, being like, this is going to be worth it. So Bella was a piece of our birth story and we are going to dive into all of that goodness. But first, can we just talk about you and kind of share a little bit about who you are? and what you do and kind of how you're leaving your mark on the world. Okay. 
I grew up in New Hampshire and my parents are amazing. I actually just got back from a trip with them. I brought Bella to Lake Onipisaki where we went every summer growing up on her first trip. And my parents were always so supportive of anything I ever wanted to pursue, which I'm really lucky in that. And when I was in the fifth grade, I was being teased in school. I wasn't healthy. I was one of the, or I was the heaviest girl in my class. And it was just something that that was okay. But then the way that I was feeling, I wasn't feeling healthy. And so I, I actually asked my dad for a treadmill and he was so taken back and he's like, wait, why is she asking me for a treadmill? So he went to my mom and he's like, she should be asking for you know, a trip to the mall with her friends or something that a fifth grader would ask for. He was so confused by it. And so he actually transformed our basement into a gym. And so he got a treadmill that I asked for. And then he put mirrors up, he put a stereo and he's like, is this what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I want to exercise. And then from there, I didn't have a lot of friends, but one of my neighbors would come over and work out with me after school. And I became really, really interested in exercise science at a young age. So in middle school through high school, I dove into that. And I also joined some sport teams too. And I made friends that way. And I loved it. So then in high school, I decided to go to school to become an exercise physiologist. I went to school for exercise physiology and nutrition. And I also took classes in art, which was really funny too. I feel like it was a good mix, but my art professors were trying to get me to switch over to that. I, I feel like art gave me the ability to visualize and really create. So yes. I, I loved, loved, loved my major and my professors and my advisors and everyone. And I thought I'd be a personal trainer. And so I was personal training on campus and I was like, I want to help women one-on-one the same way that exercise helped me find myself. And but things took a turn. And I asked my advisor, uh, Christine Miles, if I could start teaching classes on campus and group fitness classes. And she's like, yeah, sure. And I was at home. I was so nervous. I was making my, like my mix CD and I put it in, you know, the little paper thing and I was carrying it. And I was so nervous that no one would be there. And my roommates of course promised me that they would be there. And I turned the corner and there was like, there was over 60 girls lined up to go into class. And I was like, Oh my God. And then when I started teaching classes, we would just blast music and I would do partner exercises and I would look around and we were having fun. And what I started to see, and this is where I no longer wanted to be a personal trainer is I started to see camaraderie and community and girls that had seen each other on campus that had never spoken were talking with each other. Girls that were leaving class that had seen each other maybe in the dorms or anything that had never said hi or anything were then leaving class together and making plans for the next day or that weekend together or to come back to the class. And so what I realized is that when you're in such a vulnerable place and you're getting through something together, that's where people were really connecting. And I was like, wow, I want to help women do this and connect with each other and not just one-on-one. And that became my calling. And so when I graduated, I moved to Boston and I started personal training because group fitness and it wasn't, there weren't, I couldn't teach all day doing that. And it also wasn't as, as much money. And so I personal train and I begged the group fitness instructor if I could personal train and teach group fitness, which if anyone's listening, that's in fitness, they, they know it's very strange. If you're a personal trainer at a gym, you usually aren't allowed to teach classes. Yeah, every gym I ever worked at, that was the case. And I had to beg to do both. And at one gym, I actually had to choose to do classes. Instead, they wouldn't let me do both. And so I loved it. I was personal training, but then I was teaching classes and I started filming fitness videos on the Charles River in Boston. And I was like, wow, okay, if I can, if I can teach a group of a hundred women And then if I upload a video and maybe that reaches a hundred thousand, then that could multiply to just helping more and more people. And so my boyfriend now husband said, do you want to move to Southern California and, you know, start this whole fitness thing? And he got a job offer. And I was like, yes, I want to film fitness videos on the beach in Southern California. Let's do it. I moved here without even visiting to do what I'm doing now, which is really, really cool because I do think a lot of people ask, you know, how do you find your passion? It seems so easy, 
or it comes easy to other people or, you know, how did you pursue this or that? If you go back and all those moments that were adding up, I had to ask for help. I asked my parents and then they helped me. They supported my dream. I asked my professors and my advisors if I could do things. And I was scared. I was scared before that first class. And then I had to ask and beg certain people if I could teach group fitness and personal training at the same time. And so although a lot of people talk about finding your passion and finding what you want to do in your life, that's something that I realized looking back is it wasn't that easy. It was actually being very, very vulnerable, brave enough to ask for what you want, even if it scares you and you're shaking and finding people in your life that will support you and say, yes, I believe in you and let's do this. There are going to be a lot of people along the way that you ask for help and they don't believe in you and they're not going to, but that's okay. You can pivot and you can go in a different direction and you can ask someone else. And I think that's a really important thing to say because There were moments where I cried and I cried and I cried before I even moved to California because there were people that were like, why are you even, the fitness industry is too saturated. Why are you going to move? Why are you going to do this? You have a good thing going here, which I did. But but it was always that moment where you're really scared and you're uncomfortable. That's where the real change happens. And that's when you really evolve and can step into what you want to do. And then when I was here, I was teaching classes. And I met my co-founder of Tone It Up, Karina Dawn. And I saw her at a Trader Joe's. And I was like, hey, you want to fitness videos with me? Because it would be fun. And she's like, yeah, sure. And she said, yes. And that it's, it's another thing where it's constantly asking for what you want. And if we don't speak up for what we want, maybe maybe those possibilities aren't there. And I never, I didn't realize it until recently that everything that I have that I'm so proud of, I actually had to ask for and I had to be really scared. And the people that are great that supported along the way said, yes, like Karina said, yeah, sure. And then she was being brave doing that too. So I think, yeah, we'll just start it with that is just ask for what you want and you will probably just move in that direction and keep going. But it's finding your passion is, is a scary, scary, scary journey, but it is so rewarding. So rewarding. And I love that. I think a lot of times people don't even ask because of that fear. And it's like the people that continue to push Mm -hmm. through are the ones who show up and keep asking and keep knocking on doors and keep moving forward. Can you describe like tone it up today? Because it's literally an empire. So can you just share just a little bit about what the business is today? Because I am so blown away by it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Tone it up is every day I wake up, I'm completely blown away. It is the most beautiful, flourishing, supportive community of women that wake up every day and just cheer each other on. And they ask each other for support and they, and they supply their support. It's very, it's this, it's magic actually. And Karina and I are so, so blessed every day to be part of this community. We're part of it. And it's so much bigger than the two of us. Tone it up is not the two of us. Tone it up is this, it's, it's our community. And so what started as fitness videos on YouTube, on the beach, I think the biggest thing is from the very beginning, Karina and I weren't like, oh, this is try our workout or this is our booty workout. Everything was for them. Anyone who was watching, this is this is your workout. This is your time. This is for you. And it was always very, from the very beginning, never fixing anything, never altering anything about yourself. It was always body positive and we've always stuck by that. And it may not feel like that or you don't know that it's actually happening, but all of it was very intentional. You'll notice that none of our fitness videos say, you know, this is how you get rid of this, or this targets this, this problem area. Everything is always, you know, this works your beautiful waistline and you're going to feel so confident and you are gorgeous and you're a knockout. And it's making sure that every woman that works out with us feels beautiful coming in and out of the workout and feeling stronger than ever, and then fueling our bodies and having a glass of champagne and a piece of cake, or, you know, enjoying life, having pizza and never ever calling anything a cheat day, because you're not cheating. It's such a, you know, a negative connotation with enjoying life. And so everything is very just supportive of how we want women to feel about their life. And it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's so much more than just squats and sit-ups. It's making sure that 
women feel empowered and beautiful and that they can feel their body and love life as they are and find women in their life that will support them just the same way that Karina and I found each other. I love that. I love that. You know, what was so fun is going through pregnancy alongside of you. I watched all of your YouTube updates because you were just one month ahead of me. And one thing that I need you to know is, you know, going into labor and delivery, which we'll talk about, is like so terrifying because you just don't know what to expect. And I remember a message you sent me and you were like, if I could do anything, I would just go back and tell myself like it is going to be the best day ever, no matter what happens, no matter how it happens, it's going to be the best day ever. And you gave me so much peace with my decisions because I just feel like there's so much pressure. You and I were like Googling like the worst yes. things ever. I remember like, stop telling me your horror stories. And you were like, I was induced and it was beautiful and wonderful. And I was like, God bless yeah. it. <laughs> When I said that I was being induced, I got the most messages I've ever received about how poor of a decision that was going to be and how it was going to be a nightmare birth. And I had to really (gasps) mentally walk that and say, I have to trust my doctor. I had preeclampsia, so I was actually at risk. And I don't know what would have happened if I wasn't induced. And so I trust my doctor and it was obviously there are so many things. I mean, you and I were talking about our birth stories and like you didn't have like a the most peaceful right. day and neither did I. There were things that happened, but you know, you get to meet your baby and that is the most beautiful thing. But yeah, I think the two of us agreed. <laughs> we're like only good uh, stories right now, just because it's like it's such a like emotional tender time anyways. And you're like anticipating, anticipating, yeah. anticipating. And every day that you are waiting, it just feels like eternity. And I also mm-hmm. didn't know how I felt like, am I going to get an epidural? Am I not like all these things? And you sent me like your exact story and you were like, whatever you choose, like, you know what's best for you. And it was just like so encouraging and empowering. I totally clung to your words when I was in labor. I'm so happy that that helped you because there weren't that many stories that helped me. And I had uh, my girlfriend, Sarah Barron, she she called me because I had the craziest anxiety. I was so afraid. I heard the the scariest stories and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to do this? And she said those things, she was induced as well. And she was like, you need to just go in and with your light and your positivity and everything is going to be what your day is going to be. So go in expecting anything could happen, releasing all control, because that's the other thing is that during pregnancy and even as a mom, you, Mm -hmm. you definitely surrender. I used to I used to feel like I was in control of every single thing in my life. And then you surrender to body changes. Did you, I don't know, I need to send you all this, but did you know that our bodies go through over 500 changes during pregnancy? Oh my gosh, I believe it. And so, yeah. So those things, surrendering to what is happening and how magical it is, I think that that is the biggest part. And yeah, I actually have never yeah, shared my what, birth yeah, story. Share a little bit of it because there's so many parallels between wow. what we what went down for both of us. Yeah. So I went in, oh my gosh. Oh, is this really bad? I don't remember if, what day of the week it was. I don't remember what day of the week it was either. Sunday sounds okay. good. Sunday, this is called mom brain. brain. Wait, this is so bad. <laughs> Well, it's going to be like, when was I born? I'm be like, early on a Tuesday, when <laughs> on that one morning, morning in November. <laughs> um, I went in on some day of the week. I don't even know. With my hospital bag packed in such a bizarre way, I did not have everything I needed. I packed like six scrunchies. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, well, I'm really going to have to pull my hair back during the contractions. I don't know what. I brought face masks in like a book like, thinking that I was probably going to read. And so I went in. It was like literally yeah. checking into a hotel. And because they show you to your room, it's, it doesn't have the romance story of, you know, oh my gosh, my water broke when I was in the the vegetable aisle of the grocery store. And yep. then we rushed, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have any of that. It was like, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this thing. I got yes, the little balloon thing pretty much right away. That hurt so bad. Holy, 
Oh my God. Well, a lot for a lot of women, it doesn't hurt. And so they were like, yeah, it's just going to be a little pinch. And I was like, oh my God. It was wild. I was looking at Brian and he started tearing up. It's too early to get the epidural. But like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, and so they actually gave me like a little cocktail. So I was like, like, not like a real cocktail. They called it a cocktail. It should have been a cocktail. It should have been a glass of champagne, actually. No, they call it a cocktail. I have no idea. Thinking back, I probably should have asked. It was just something to take the edge off. And then that actually, without any Pitocin, that put me into active labor. And so within like 45 minutes to an hour, I was having contractions. And I, again, like, this is not scary. I hope that when I'm sharing this, I have a huge smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, that damn balloon. Like, but it was great. Like for a lot of women, they just put a balloon in that helps open your cervix. Like that's really cool that this technology exists that you could whatever. So, and I would do it a million times over. And so contraction started, it just felt like a lot of people, I was asking what do contractions feel like? I don't know what they were like for you, but I felt like it was just very intense yeah. period cramps. Kind of like, and then they like when you like do a sit up and it's like everything tenses and then it just relaxes, but you're not in control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, again, weird. surrendering to like this crazy <laughs> weird feeling. And so when it got to the point where I was like, okay, cool. I actually don't want to feel that anymore. <laughs> I was like, epidural, please. And then you go through, you know, a few more while you're waiting for the... The, yeah, the the yeah. Yep. <laughs> thank you. I'm like the shot. <laughs> the needle is not scary. Anyone that's listening, mm-hmm. like it's fine. The biggest thing, just don't look at it. Just know that it is the most blissful. If you're going to get an epidural, if you don't amazing for you, if you do also amazing for you, it yes. feels it's the most amazing thing you will ever. I started crying because I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, now I can enjoy this moment. Now I can think straight where I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I was holding on to any moment that I could during contractions. Like, and this is the funniest thing too, coming from New Hampshire, I'm a small town girl. I was having contractions at the windowsill of the hospital, staring at the Hollywood sign. I'm like, I was like, what am I doing? This is not what I imagined. I should be at home in a bathtub in New Hampshire on like a farm with my parents there. Like, why am I doing like those the craziest things that go through my head? So um, yeah, as soon as I got the epidural, I was like, wow, I could be present. I'm happy. And this is great. And it did slow down my labor a little bit because that's epidural does slow down or can slow down your labor. And then we continued on. They flip you from side to side. That was interesting. I don't know if you got dead leg did or you anything. Have that that uh, bean thing that they put between your legs? <laughs> yeah. I don't I know that. what it's called. Yeah. Whatever that was. Yeah. That was sweet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Brian and the nurses were like trying to flip me and I almost flipped off the bed. I was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't that far of a fall, but they were cracking up. <laughs> and so the most bizarre feelings, if you can just kind of and anyone that's listening to this that may be having anxiety about labor or anything, the things that happen are uncontrollable. And so, and I will put this out there. I was drinking a lot of juice because you can't eat. And so I was uncontrollably partying. <laughs> because if you have an epidural, you can't exactly control the muscles down there. I can't believe this is this is actually what our entire podcast is starting into. And that was okay too. Brian and I were cracking up. And so if you have anxiety going into it, just be like, surrender to whatever is going on. It's all natural. Everything's okay. And you get to meet your baby. And so and then at 4.22 in the morning, actually, I don't know what at one time I was 10 centimeters. It was so fresh to me when it first like, oh yeah, now, now it feels like forever ago, which is another crazy thing. Don't you feel like you looked you look forward to your delivery day for oh, so long. Yes. And then now it feels like that was such a small it's a speck. part of it. Yes. yes. Once you meet them and then you're home and then it's this whole new journey. It was like, oh, that was just the day that we got to meet face to face. And I was already talking to you for nine months before that. But yeah, I don't know. So that's the other thing is that it is it's such a small part of the journey. It's a special day and to not have too much anxiety leading up because I had so much anxiety. And then I was like, wow, that was a really cool day. Yeah. And then she came and luckily things were just beautiful from there. And that's we, where we are so blessed with a healthy 
baby. And that's my heart goes out to so many women that I follow and that I've been on this journey with. And you never know everyone's unique path and everything. And so that's something we were just, we were so happy and we just kept staring at her and we still stare at her. I was staring at her 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I know. I was like, babe, can you quick bring the baby in so I can nurse her as I'm like plugging everything in? I'm like, this is yeah. it. This is it. And you, you had a similar birth, but then you ended up passing out after, yeah. right? Yeah. So I yeah. like, I got induced. So I actually got the full evolved the night before I was induced. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's what it was called. I'm like the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> same thing, balloon catheter. And then I started having contractions, but then they stopped. And so I actually got to like sleep in my own bed. And then I made Drew make me a frozen pizza at six in the morning before we went mm-hmm. to the hospital because I was like, this is my last meal. And it sounds real good, right? now but yeah yeah, and then I had to get tons of Pitocin because I they were like you're having contractions and I like couldn't feel anything so and then all of a sudden when they hit it was like one on top of the other so I loved getting an epidural I had the best epidural ever because I could move around myself like I could like scoot up and down lift up my legs but I couldn't feel it was insane it was like magic and then yeah and then I had her and I pushed real hard real fast and I think that was part of my problem is I was like so excited to like be ready to push that I like shot her out and then I hemorrhaged so (laughs) but yeah even that it was like such a blip I know I passed out twice and they were a little concerned but It was so funny because I didn't even care about myself. I was just like, she's here. She's safe. Whatever happens, we'll figure it out. So I know it is funny whenever I see women that are so close to like giving birth now, I'm just like, you are about to have like the most magical, insane day of your life. And it's going to be awesome. And I just think that it's so necessary, you know? Yeah. I forgot to add to, I did end up having Pitocin after epidural. Once my contractions slowed down, (laughs) I forgot that part. They did that too. See, See, we forget everything. Well, that's why women keep having children, right? (laughs) Okay. I want to know how, and I've always wondered this for you, especially is how was being pregnant and your body changing and, and postpartum, everything, all of the body changes when you have a brand that is so intertwined with your appearance and body image and just like the way that you show up and carry yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, I think this may actually surprise a lot of people, but I was even discouraged from having babies because they're like, it's going to ruin your body. It's going to ruin your career. And I've spoken to other women in the fitness industry that heard the same thing. And it's the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. It is, it does wonders for your body and it does wonders for your appreciation of what your body is actually capable of. I was way more proud of my body. The first day that I got home from the hospital the stretch marks. I looked five months pregnant still, you know, I was torn everything. I was way more proud of that body than I had ever been at any point that I had ever been in my fitness career, because that was truly remarkable, but it took a lot of time and self work for that to be possible. And so I think for me, and this is something that I've been very, very passionate about and talking about And I feel like you feel the same way. And anytime I talk about this, I cheer me on too, which I love you for that before actually at any time, even if you're not, if you're listening to this and you aren't even going to have babies, like I hope this helps you. We have to love and appreciate our bodies and give it so much love and respect and kindness because that's what we deserve. And when we get into a place where maybe we're surrendering to changes we will be okay with those changes when that work has mm-hmm. been done and that self-work has been done. But if I have, if I was not in a healthy place, maybe those things would have discouraged me and I would have listened to all those people that said, you're going to ruin your body. And I would come home the first day of the hospital looking full on pregnant mm-hmm. still. And maybe that would have broken yeah. me. Maybe I would have thought that they were right. Maybe I would have said, okay, my career's over. So I do have to say is the work that it takes before anything and even right now is going to help you tomorrow in six months in a year because 
you just, you really, really deserve to talk to your body kindly. And appreciating the entire process was, was a big thing for me. And so sharing my very raw and open journey with my community was something that I felt was something that I had to do. There was no that I had to do where people were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for showing what you really look like at three months postpartum. And, and not that I felt like I was forced to, I was almost like, yeah. well, of course, what? What I was I supposed to hide behind a filter? I could have completely faked a transformation, and I don't even know. I've, I've seen so many things where you know you see someone with a six pack a couple months after giving a baby, or even sooner, and you know what? That's great for them. And whatever anyone's journey is, that's good for them. And so I just want to point out that wasn't my journey. And at three months postpartum, where everyone said you're going to have your I body hate back, that phrase, don't um, you? <laughs> You're good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about this for a second? Okay. Yes. So the snap back, yes. the body back, get back into your yes. jeans. Everything's backwards. So whether you're a mom or not, and you're listening to this, let's yes. not go backwards ever. <laughs> it's really, it's very unhealthy to think, okay, I'm going to be back to where I was. And let's, and even talking about the 500 changes that your body goes through, through pregnancy, that's a lot of pressure to then reverse all of those things. You are not the same woman. You are superwoman. This is your, your new self, your new body, your new strength. Let's go forward. You are a hundred percent allowed to be healthier and more confident than ever than you were before, but let's not go back. And so I've really been very careful to make sure that you know, we never say you're going to get back into shape or anything like that because it shouldn't be like that anymore. And as women, when we tell each other, you know, everyone kept saying, oh, you're going to be back into shape at two months or you're only going to be belly or you're going to look exactly how you were three months postpartum and you're going to be back in your jeans. I wasn't. And so, but I was okay with it. And when this airs, I'll make sure that I put those pictures like on my story and everything. And I still looked about four months pregnant at three months postpartum, but that was my journey. And I wanted to make sure that the community saw that I was happy with that though. It was just, I was so happy to have a healthy baby girl and I wasn't in a rush. The fourth trimester is no joke. And the last thing that I ever want anyone to be worried about is getting back into jeans that they wore before they were superwoman. And so I yeah. threw away my entire yes. closet jeans. <laughs> Can we pause here for just a second? Because I want to thank DoorDash for supporting today's episode. You know, those days where you just forget to eat, like you're deep into a new project, the baby needs you, you've got a doctor's appointment to get to. And all of a sudden it's like 6 p.m. And you're like, wait, when was my last meal? That's me today. Download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code GOLDDIGGER for $5 off your first order of $15 or more. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, like we just ordered from DoorDash the other day, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. Like even here in Duluth, Minnesota, my favorite restaurants are delivered right to me. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, you, our listeners, can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code GOLDDIGGER. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code GOLDDIGGER. I'm loving this conversation, so let's take a quick second to thank Wander Beauty for making this episode possible. When I think of my priorities when I wake up in the morning, an elaborate, fully involved makeup routine isn't high on the list or even on the list at all. But since I'm efficiency obsessed, Wander Beauty is a makeup routine I do fit into my day. Wander Beauty is clean and simple and all about doing more with less. Their beauty essentials are multitasking and multi-purpose, allowing you to create a full look without a full makeup bag. I don't want to devote my precious minutes in the morning to a 12-step routine, so Wander Beauty is maximum impact with minimum effort. Kind of like the business advice, work smarter, not harder, except it's for your makeup bag. 
Everything is made with skin-loving ingredients from around the globe, so you don't have to choose between good-for-you ingredients and high-performance beauty. The Nude Illusion Liquid Foundation is light, but just the right amount of coverage, and their gluten-free line includes gorgeous eyeshadow palettes and multitasking beach balms with beautiful red and pink pigments that can be used on your lips and on your cheeks as blush. See what I mean about doing more with less? One product, two ways to use it. Get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash gold digger. That's wanderbeauty.com slash gold digger for 20% off your purchase. I love that. And I just, I feel like Mm. I look at my body with so much more respect now. And especially with our fertility journey and we had two miscarriages and that really impacted the way that I looked at my body with those losses, I hated my body. Like I felt such immense, like disgust with the fact that I couldn't do what my body was made to do. And so I feel like now I'm like, how dare I ever like rip apart this body that finally did what I knew it could. And how dare I like take this opportunity that I've been given and put anything negative around it when so many women are praying. I mean, so many women wish that they could have stretch marks and have the, you know, the effects of what pregnancy and birth have. And it's crazy because it's so much more mental than it is physical. Like the other day I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I like the way I look. And I was like, wait a second, maybe I lost weight. Like maybe that's why I like it. And I go, I'd step on a scale. I'm like, I weigh the exact same amount. And I was like, it is a pure mental transformation that happens. And that has to happen regardless Mm -hmm. of if you have children or not, or where you're at. And that's like the hardest work of all, don't you think? Yeah, I, and that's where, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of women listening to this and And maybe it sounds like, okay, that comes easy to you. But really right now, I'm very unhappy with my body. I just want to put it out there that we know that it's, that it's work. It's hard to get to that point in your entire journey and the place that you've been able to get to is think about how long that journey was and how, and how many steps it took, but it's consistency and it's positive self-talk and it's connecting with other women. Instagram is a beautiful, beautiful place if you want it to be and connecting with the right people and following the right accounts. And where you are right now, you're allowed to cry. I cried on the on the floor in my closet when nothing fit when I was nine months pregnant and I was so uncomfortable and I was headed to a meeting and I was late and I felt like I was letting everyone down. You're allowed to have those moments because those moments, they're not breakdowns, they're breakthroughs. Yeah, those moments are totally okay too. I want to know for you, I feel like one of the biggest things that I've been navigating and figuring out is I feel like we've been told that we can either be a good mother or like a good CEO. And I don't think that you have to choose this or that. I think you can have them both, but it's not easy and it's not glamorous. What has it been like transitioning back to the workforce and like coming back off of maternity leave and juggling all the things? Yeah. You know, this is where I learned a lot of valuable lessons. I don't know where I felt this pressure, but I went back to work too soon. And I felt this obligation to get back right away, that I could do it all, that I would be fine. And looking back, that was very harmful for me. And just know that if you're thinking, okay, do I take my full maternity leave? Will my coworkers need me? Or, you know, all those things take all the time that you can, because not only will your company understand if they don't get out, (laughs) but your company will understand you should have the most amazing maternity package with your company because I mean, it's literally 2019. (laughs) So and your coworkers will be happy for you. And for me, the community understood and they were so patient. So looking back, I went back to work too soon. I jumped back into fitness videos. I feel like just too soon, you don't get that time back. That fourth trimester where you're losing sleep. For me, I lost sleep. I was every two hours for like six months. And so up through the night, breastfeeding, everything during nap times, you should rest. I was on my computer during nap Mm -hmm. times, hustling. 
and trying to get work done. And looking back, like, did that much more work get done? Right. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, I, I'm happy that I made that mistake. So that way I can share that with anyone that's listening to where that time is so precious and important. And if I could do anything, I would have just rested a little more and I wouldn't have put that pressure on myself. But I've always been that way. So that's something that is my biggest, I would say my one of my biggest weaknesses. And so I have to make sure that for, I'm mean, hopefully we have more babies and that I remember this and that I can tell myself this and say, the rest is not even taking a step backwards postpartum. It's pressing pause. Everything will still be there. Your work will still be there. You're pressing pause and you are taking care of the most beautiful thing at home and everything else will be more successful and welcome you back when you're ready. You are not taking a step back. So I, I guess that's where I feel that I had a valuable lesson. A hundred percent. What do you wish, like, what is something that you're like, nobody told me this? What is it? Um, besides the farting <laughs> during labor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, how did I not know that my heart would literally just be on the floor every day with this little being. I had no idea the love and expansion that I could feel. I guess my mom kind of told me how much she loved me all the time, but I didn't understand how immense that love is and what it can do for you and what it does. It has also that same love. I have anxiety. I have postpartum anxiety. Postpartum depression is something that I talk a lot about with the community. That's something that there's nothing that you can control. It's literally hormonal. If someone just tells you, just, you know, be happy or whatever, it's out of your control and you need to talk to someone and seek help because you can get help and it's totally normal. So postpartum depression was something that I was prepared for because I'm a very emotional, hormonal person. So I was like, it might be coming. And my friends checked in with me. My postpartum anxiety is catastrophic anxiety. And so if you look that up, you might have that, whether you're postpartum or not, it's where you, I'm about 30 to 50 times a day, I have the scariest thought where everything that I love so much could just be taken Mm -hmm. away from me. And I'm afraid even when I'm crossing the street, I'm like, oh my gosh, Bella needs a mom. And I, you know, I look both ways probably way too many times, not just left, right, left. Like it's sometimes it's very consuming, but it all comes from that immense love. And so that was something that I didn't know. I didn't know that this was, I knew postpartum depression, but I didn't know the anxiety that could have the panic attack in the middle of the night and going in and making sure that she's breathing and she was, and she was fine. And so, and all those are, it's so normal and I wish I knew more and I wish I knew how normal it was. And so, yeah, that was something that I didn't know was going to happen. And here I am and I just love her so much that it scares me so much. I know. (laughs) I, I feel like I, Similar to you, but just a little bit different when people were like, it's going to ruin you. It's going to be over. And it's like, I've had a better year of business than I've ever had. I've worked maybe six months out of this entire year. Like I have laser focus and the ability to say yes to the right things and to say no to everything else because nothing matters more. So it's kind of like when you look back, I'm like, what the heck did I do all day long? Like I can get so much done during a nap now where I'm like, dang, like, but it is funny. I I don't think I expected to love it as much as I do. Yeah, that's such a good point. You're such a rock star. I do think the fear of motherhood, like how am I going to get it all done? You do. And you become way more efficient when I, I don't even work out for more than maybe a half hour. And that workout is way better than I've ever had a workout in the past because I'm like, this is my time. I'm going for it. I'm excited. And yep. you, you get it done and you're efficient. And yeah, you say yes to everything that makes sense. As women, we're nurturing to everything, especially our jobs and our careers and everyone else around us. So maybe we always said yes to things because we wanted to nurture everything. But now you do have to choose. And I used to work every single night and every single weekend. And on Sundays, we release a weekly schedule and we send out an email. And for 
10 years, every Sunday, I would be working at least until one in the afternoon. And now I don't work nights or weekends and no less gets done. Yeah. (laughs) And you can start asking for help. You can say, Hey, I'm not able to handle this anymore. And people step up, which is so incredible. And that's another thing. And I just think it's really cool that you've had like your best year ever and you have a little human living with you. (laughs) It's so nuts. I know. And if we circle all the way back to the beginning of this episode where you were like, you have to ask for what you want, we're getting ready Mm -hmm. to leave for Fiji and we are bringing our nine month old to an adults only resort because I said, if you want me to be there, like my family's coming, like I, you know, and it's not because I'm pretentious or think I deserve it or anything like that. But I'm like, we're a package deal right now and Mm -hmm. that'll change soon. But right now I want to experience things with her and I want to have that time. And I, And it's just kind of funny because it's like, there's so many, there's so much messaging out there for women. And I want to know as a final question for you is just like, what has been the hardest part about running your business while being a mother? Because I just, I feel like when I'm with her, I'm thinking about work. When I'm at work, I'm thinking about her. And I'm like, I feel like I'm always pulled in two different places all the time, yet somehow it all gets done. What about you? I've actually heard that from so many women where, you know, wherever you are, you might be thinking, but am I needed there? That also takes work. So making sure that wherever you are being a hundred percent present is the most important thing. So when you are with your baby, making sure that you are a hundred percent in, and sometimes I have to go, you know, I have to check myself and go, Oh my gosh, put your phone down. You might be missing the first time that I was actually on the floor in the basement looking at Bella and I watched her first crawl and I have it recorded on our security camera and she was crawling towards me and she was crawling towards the phone and it was on the ground, which is funny. And I was like, wow, five minutes before this, I was on my phone. And so she was looking for that attention. She saw me put it down and my eyes were open and I looked at her and I watched her crawl for the first time. So I think all of us always just need a reminder to be fully present in what we're doing. And when I'm at work, I'm a hundred percent present with the community and I love it. And I know that I'm a good mom. And so whatever I can offer right now is you are the best mom in the entire world to your baby. You are a good mom and you're the absolute best, even when you're not right there. And If I could just shout that every single morning to everyone, then it would be just a, I think we just have less mom guilt. I think, you know, mom guilt is one of those things where I never want anyone to feel guilty for having a career or going and going to the grocery store by yourself and saying, Hey honey, can I get out of the house by myself for a minute? Don't ever feel guilty for wanting to do anything. And then don't ever feel guilty for staying in and snuggling with your baby or co-sleeping or doing anything like you are the best mom. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the biggest lesson learned through pregnancy and labor and motherhood is like, trust your ability to do your best. Like mm-hmm. you have never not done your best in your life. So why do you believe that that's going to start now? You know, like yeah. you know what your body needs, you know what your baby needs and you need to trust in that intuition. It is so strong. It's running through our bones. And yet we turn to Google and everyone else and Instagram. And it's like, no, like lean back in. You already have exactly what you need to do your best. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <sighs> it's one of those things where there are so many do's and don'ts of motherhood, but you know what's best for your own baby. And when someone asks you advice to be like, Hey, this is what I do, but also you need to do you. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing for us to remember as moms is to whatever works for us may not work for someone else. And so, and that's okay. And so always being open to whatever anyone else makes a decision as a parent and supporting them in that. And, you know, so many babies are different. Families are different. Whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat. That is so right. (laughs) I love, I think it was Amy Poehler that always would say the line, good for her, not for me. 
And I'm like, so Mm -hmm. smart. Like just whatever people do good for her. It's not for me, but like good for her. Like really we can cheer each other on. You have been such a cheerleader in my world. And I just, it's so fun because Bella and Conley are literally one month apart. And so I get to watch Bella and be like, a month from now, she might be doing this. Like, it's just, it's like, I'm watching her in fast forward and I get to kind of slow down when I see Bella. It's so amazing. I want oh, them to will. meet, which I can believe they haven't met. Maybe on your way yes, back from Yes, I think it's um, due. And I think Brian and Drew would be real good friends. They can commiserate about totally. all of the things we do. <laughs> yeah, but I've always thought that. When I watch stories and everything, I'm yeah. like, wait, wait, Brian? I'm yes. totally get along. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, where can everybody find you and connect with you and become a part of your community? I am a part of it. And I have been a part of it for years. I remember Googling your workouts. Like I have, I watched you when you were on TV. I am just a fangirl through and through. So where can everybody find you? I love you so much. So I'm Katrina Scott on Instagram and tone it up is also our tone it up Instagram handle. (laughs) And then uh, the tone it up app is where you can connect with our workouts, our community accountability, text messages. I'm about to send a text message to the whole community and just saying, hi, happy Friday. (laughs) You got this. And I hope that it makes a difference because the community is what has supported me so much through all of this. And I'm grateful every day. And if you're listening and we're just meeting for the first time, I'm so excited to send me a message and say hi. And I can't wait to hear from you. And anyone that's listening that is from Tone It Up, Jenna is freaking we are like long lost bffs i can't wait for this to air oh my gosh wait you need to come here we'll have a play date and then we'll hand them to drew and brian and then you and i I will have like a wine chat and we'll do like episode two and we'll go live on instagram and we'll be like what we didn't talk about during (laughs) because it could go for hours and hours that's (laughs) the problem or that's the answer. <laughs> I pretty much did say it all. Like, I didn't think but that I'm kind of glad that, that you did. did. <laughs> the world needs to know the truth. <laughs> oh, they do. If we're all human, yes, what's up? We are all boobs? human. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know what's so amazing about Katrina is I don't think she knows how much she makes a difference. The way she slid into my DMs as I was about to give birth and calmed my nerves and just made me feel like everything was going to be okay. She does that for thousands of women every single day. If you're a part of her community, you already know this, but I'm sure after listening to her speak and share, you undoubtedly believe that Katrina Scott, she lights up the world. I would love to hear what you think about today's episode, and I would love to say thank you to Kat for joining us. All you have to do is hop on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast and just say thank you. We are given such an incredible opportunity to have these conversations and to give you the chance to listen in on them, and it wouldn't be possible without women like her who are stepping up, leading the way, showing up with honesty and integrity, and staying authentic through and through. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I can't wait to be in your earbuds next. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.